Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. The following is a KMOX Sports Special. Welcome to the St. Louis City Soccer Report on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome to the St. Louis City Soccer Report on KMOX from our downtown studios. I'm Jennifer Cease alongside my co-host George Gansner where we get to talk more sports, transitioning now from baseball to a deep dive into all things soccer until 5 p.m. Welcome, George. Hey, thanks for uh, being here and and bringing me on, too. Absolutely. Well, we've got a lot to talk about today. In two hours, we're pretty well jam-packed with a fantastic guest lineup. First, though, let's review St. Louis City SC continuing their momentum with last night's win. Now, Y98 presents 90 and 60, a look back at St. Louis City's match against the Portland Timbers. Out of the box, burst in, Berkey! Oh, surprise, Williamson! Top to six, a header, and it's in the side shelf. Portland leads 1-0. It's Vasilev on the ground! We're tied 1-1! Oh, no, it went wide! Oh, all to Klaus Strom, who's changed! In the back of the cage, we're tied and stopping. Parker elevated now ahead. Oh. And it's in. Oh. It's in. City lead. That's it. City wins it tonight in Portland, Oregon. Final score 2 1. History once again for City. This has been 90 and 60. St. Louis City returns to City Park this coming Saturday to take on the San Jose Earthquakes. Together, Credit Union pregame at 7, kick 7.30 on Y98 St. Louis. Here we go. Yeah, that, that was, was really fun. exciting. <laughs> so that yeah. is a lot. 90 minutes of play in, what, 60 seconds of a soundbite. What would you think? It's pretty fast. You know, the game has been a lot of fun the last couple of weeks. Um, a lot of lead up 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 to these three games and we're the first team to go three and oh since the seattle sounders in i think it was 2009 uh long way to go it's a marathon but uh, what a great start i might add that we have now matched the record of the sounders right or so the seattle which are this the portland's rival that's so, right that's yeah. right so do you think we can uh take the lead with this particular stat record that everybody would like to have well, I sure as heck hope so. Um, so we have you know, who, San Jose up next? We have San Jose. They're a tough team coming in. Uh, you know, they, they get to do the same thing we just did, three and a half hours to Portland. It's a three and a half hour flight from San Jose here, and it's eastbound. So um, hopefully they'll have some weary legs and we'll be able to take it to them with the fan base that we have. It'll be a lot of fun. And in our park, our backyard. That's right. Exactly. So let me ask the, you know, looming question that, that I would be thinking, and I'm a little bit thinking, and I don't want to be a doomsdayer. Is this legit 
and I, my deepest heart says it is, or this is mood momentum. Is it all of it? It's all of it. Um, it's definitely legit. I mean, they prepared, the team prepared uh, for several years on how to make this happen. Uh, we're playing a style that, that Lutz has been very clear about, Lutz Fahnenstiel, the, the technical director, been very clear since the beginning this is what he wanted to do. Um, in the Bundesliga, for anybody that follows the Bundesliga in Germany, they've done this style now. They've transitioned to this for several years, and um, it's fun to watch it take place in St. Louis. Okay, so two things there. So one, I talked a little bit about mood, and I just think I want to throw this out there. I heard um, in the pregame show them talking about Bradley Carnell and really taking seriously setting the mood, and I might as, might also say for the people that I work with, mindset for the game, right? So pumping in the Timbers sound, their crowd, that buzzsaw that you hear, you know, when they score the goal, pumping that in to their bus or to any trans, you know, anywhere they in their locker rooms. What is that? Why are they doing that? Why are they torturing our team like that? Yeah, it's a mental game. (laughs) Um, You know, Lutz has also come out and said, and so has uh, Bradley Carnell come out and said, they, they need our fan base to be as loud as we were last weekend. Right, but they don't have it, so they would prepare us for their fan base. Uh, that's right. right. Yeah, that, that stadium um, is really interesting. It's really old. It's an old baseball stadium. It holds about eighteen, twenty thousand people, I think. Um, and they, their, their um, Timbers Army that's behind that goal that everybody saw on television, um, it's about five thousand people, and it is loud. Can, uh, our, can our Luligans take them? Uh, easily, 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 because we're going to talk to Alula again in our second hour. So I would, I would hope that that would be your answer. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a lot of fun to talk to Mitch. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So you talked a little bit about, um, you know, the mood. We talked about the momentum being um, legit and Bradley Carnell kind of setting that up. One thing we hear a lot, right? And Dale, we can probably get Dale Shilley's coming up next. So hang with us. But Dale can talk a little bit about. We keep hearing and you know attacking style, attacking style. We have an attacking style and. This makes sense to me as a soccer person, and I'm thinking, if I'm not a soccer person and I know a little bit about sports, I might think, well, of course it's attacking style. What, what we would t- attack. So when I ask you, does this mean direct play? It, it is a little bit direct. Um, it's, you know, in, in Spain they play more of a tiki-taki style, right? They knock the ball around, try to find space, try to find places to go. In Brazil they're doing the same thing. It's the beautiful game in Brazil. So um, moving the, the ball around, possession-based game. We're we're possessing. We did a great job possessing at certain times last night in a really chippy and and um, challenging game uh, on a lot of levels. And you know when the team decides to go forward, they go forward and they go fast. And then they can defend high too if they turn the ball over. And that that I think you're starting to see really come through. And you know I was listening to Nate Gatter's show uh, late uh, in earlier this past week. I think it was on Tuesday night. Um, he did an at your service and he was kind of going over some stats and. Um, I thought this one was pretty in- interesting when we were in our game in St. Louis in our hometown. Uh, just talking to the style of attacking play, it looks like, it sounds like we are willing, though, even though we, I think also we did possess the ball really well. There was a nice, really several series of just moving that ball from angle to angle, triangles around the field. But we are willing to give up possession in favor of an attacking style. And I think the game in St. Louis, um, Nate said, was only 39% possession in our favor. And it's really interesting because in the youth game, we're often teaching possession, 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 right? We want them to learn that. But here we are at at a pro level, right? And using this as a strategy or a tactic. Yeah, well, um, I, I think tactic. It's tactic, right? You uh, tactically, we're playing in a uh, in a four. I think they played a or four. I should have said three. style, a style or a tactic. It's strategy, right? Yeah, they they played last night in a four two three one. That's out of the back. Um, and I, I when you're playing in that type of a of a shape, 
uh, you're going to lose the ball. Um, you're you're going to bypass the two sometimes. Sometimes you're going to go through the two. Your your outside wing backs are going to make long runs up and down the field. Um, and and uh, you know I think that's a lot of what you see last night when you get uh, Miguel Perez substituted at around 67, 68 minutes. Um, you know he, he's he's a central midfielder, but he's gone back and forth so much, probably to the tune of nine to ten miles at that point. Um, right. It's a you're going to lose the ball when we're pl- when we're playing that quickly, and as long as they're comfortable losing the ball and and then winning it back, that's great. So yeah, so lo- we 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 want to take the big chances on the off chance that we lose the ball, but also on the on chance that we come up big. Yeah, that's right. Um, and we will come up big, and they showed it last night. Right, right. And so how how bothered are you a little bit as a former coaches? We both were, and I'll go a little bit more. This is a referee, by the way, we're talking about. So both soccer players, both coaches, both have refereed uh, you to the international level. How much does it uh, make us uncomfortable that so far from three games, we've had to come from behind? We did not score the first goal in any of those three games. Yeah, so usually you get into that environment and you have to come from behind. The, the team's getting good at it. I hope they don't <laughs> stay good at it. <laughs> but uh, in any case, um, you know, they have the, the fortitude to drive through and know that um, one goal is not going to lose the game for them. Maybe two goals doesn't lose the game for them. They have the ability to score. Uh, the first team in Major League Soccer uh, expansion history to score three goals in their first two games. They they nearly did it again last night. Yeah, and Bradley said in the post-game interview that, you know, with when a reporter asked him about, you know, coming from behind, he chuckled a little bit and said, yes, but you know, I do believe that many times we dictated the tempo, especially in execution in the second half. We did, even defensively, right? And And, and it wasn't just offensive dictation of the tempo. It was also... Uh, on the defensive side when you can slow the other team down it's why the game gets a little bit chippy it's Portland's style to do that I think we matched their style and then even were superior to their style all right well I think we're going to need some additional game analysis and we're going to get some help from Dale Shilley so we're going to take a quick break up next Dale Shilley game analyst for St. Louis City SC he will break down last night's game with us you're listening to the St. Louis City Soccer Report on KMOX Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Back to the St. Louis City Soccer Report on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. All right, we're back with the St. Louis City Soccer Report. Up next, we've got Academy Director for St. Louis City SC and game analyst on Y98 who called the game with Joey Zanaboni last night. Dale Schilly, are we awake today? We are wide awake, yeah. Because <laughs> you only got in at like 6 a.m.-ish, is that right? We we landed at 6.30, and then uh, we had we had three Academy games today. So I had games at 9, 11, and, and, uh, and 1. So, uh, yeah, busy day, but uh, no complaints after getting to see a game in Portland and see a result like we saw. Hey, Dale, so uh, this is George. Um, the uh, Last night, Miguel Perez was tasked with something pretty big. He had to mark uh, Diego Chara. And Diego Chara is one of the most established midfielders in the in the league. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, first, we were joking before the game when we heard Miggy was going to get the start that he was going to get to play against somebody twice his age. So that was <laughs> uh, that was pretty pretty funny. And you know, I thought uh, I thought Miggy did a, a credible job. Um, you could see that the speed of the game was a little bit more than what he was accustomed to, and, and in particular, just the speed and athleticism of the players. And as you know, Diego Char is one of the quicker defensive midfield players in the in the league. Uh, so he came late on tackles, but I would say the biggest thing that, that Miggy did was he stood toe-to-toe with the guys that he was playing against, he didn't back away. He wasn't concerned about their name or reputation. He just went out and played a hard-nosed central midfield type of game that that Miggy's becoming known for within the within the team. And you know, I would say that for his first MLS start, I thought that uh, that he did well for himself. Yeah, it was impressive. I mean, he basically took one of the league's uh, stand. Uh, what do you call it? The, the, he's just been in the league for so long, and he's so good. Yeah. He took him out of the game. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, and as you know, Diego has been around it so long and is such a, a dis, he's a, he's a disruptor in terms of how he destroys other teams attacks. He's so quick and athletic that he can generate transition and, and opportunities going forward. And we didn't see that from him last night. Um, so I would say Miguel did a, did a good job. Yeah, overall, it, once we got the the marching orders post game, you kind of heard what Bradley's marching orders for uh, Perez was. It made a whole lot more sense, right? Looking back into his play, um, also looking back into the play turf, right? And when you were doing your pregame, Dale, you were talking about not only do we have the turf, we water down the turf and we make it quicker. And did that have an impact on the team last night? Yeah, you know the the turf was. Uh... I think it did have an impact and, and, and unfortunately for Portland, I think it's having an impact on them. Uh, they have a number of players that are going down with injury. Evander had to come off the field last night in the second half with an injury. So just wear and tear on the body. Uh, I think that, that it's affected Portland. Uh, you know, for us, the game is faster. There's, there's no question. And I would say that uh, Portland had a decided 
advantage in terms of being able to move the ball quicker, in terms of their ball possession. We had only trained once on turf, um, you know, at the complex before we got into the Timbers game. But you know what? We, we got out of there with, uh, with the win. We got out with three points, and um, nobody's going to complain about playing on turf or not playing on turf. Yeah, and I was really pleased to see how, especially you talked about, we, uh, Bradley, I think, talked about in the second half, um, their ability to move the ball. Because a lot of times in the first half, at least about 15, 20 minutes in, it was kind of like any flow, any momentum we were trying to build just kept getting bust up, busted up. The play got yeah. chippy. Um, tackles were late, like you said, and or harder than normal. Um, so it was nice to see the team start to find some flow into the, into the second half. Yeah, you know, there was... Uh... There was a bit of the game where it got really chippy, uh, injuries. The games, the game felt like it, it went to a standstill a couple of times with, uh, with you know, just guys hitting the ground and, and uh, you know, medical having to come onto the field. Um, so, you know, that was uh, – that played into the hands of the Timber Army and the supporters group. So not only did the game kind of take a, get to a little bit of a standstill, particularly in the first half, but it brought the crowd into it. And then as the game went on and we came out of nowhere to go up 2-1, then there was this, this fever pitch around the stadium because the supporters section, Timbers Army, was really getting vocal and, uh, and cheering the game on. I don't know if you could hear it across the broadcast, but the support and the – the noise in that stadium is uh, is unbelievable, uh, but the guys, you know, fought through it and and were able to to come away with the win. Probably what we heard, I did I did recall hearing some of it on the broadcast. I'm sure, just knowing how it is in our own stadium, it did not do justice to the level that yeah. went there. But I thought that also spoke to it is really easy, I think, to get close to the end of the second half and already start to think about regrouping, right? Let's regroup. We're down one, nothing to regroup. And, and we did not. No. And, and actually Joey asked me on the broadcast, Dale, what do we need to do to, to get a goal back? And I said, Joe, we're at this point, the way that they've stifled us going forward, we just need to hold on and, and get to halftime so we can regroup. And lo and behold, then uh, I believe uh, it was Nowinski that played the deep ball down the channel and Rasmus Alm ran onto it, uh, got to the end line, and, and cut the ball back. And, you know, the rest is history. A deflection by Klaus, and Stroud buries it. Uh, so, yeah, no regrouping from the field. Uh, but that is exactly what I was thinking that, that we needed to do was just get through the half and, and get into halftime. But, you know, what a difference a goal in injury time does to the halftime talk. Uh, I'm sure that the staff changed completely what their messaging was going to be, or at least how the messaging was going to be delivered because of the way the half ended for the guys. Yeah. So, um, you know, we were all excited when the ball was being served back to Klaus and then got more excited when he missed. So Stroud could finish, but um, you know, the, that's the third goal that we've scored in, uh, in stoppage time in third goal in three games. Right. So um, I really wish we wouldn't wait so long to do that, but Hey, we'll take it. Yeah, you know, is it style of play? I mean, Bradley and I have spoke about that a couple of times. Is it style of play? Is it? I think it's probably just the fact that we play such a tenacious, aggressive style, and we're willing to 
leave ourselves at even numbers in the back so we can be vulnerable. And, uh, and But at the same time, we're willing to get after it and push numbers forward to create opportunities. So, yeah, I think it's a bit of, of style of play and, and just the – the never say die attitude of this particular group of guys. Yeah. And I think the good point there too, is I know that there's been some floats around there and probably in the back of my head too, of wondering, uh, you know, own goals and pass backs and things. You don't see a whole lot happening as us capitalizing that, but also the thought, it might've been you, Dale, uh, the thought that, that some of that results from the press style of play we have. So you press into mistakes, you capitalize on those mistakes. And, you know, last night we at least also got to do it with no own goals and no pass backs. So all of that's That's good. I think a big part of it too is, is just not the physical part of it, not just the the physical nature of, of what pressing does to your team and the opposition, but just the, the mental angst that it causes the opposition to know as a back four, that you're always going to be under pressure that the team's looking for that one mistake that they can swoop. And even though you may have the majority of the ball, and even though you may have the majority, not necessarily the chances, but of the territory, and then all of a sudden in that one moment, St. Louis has picked off a pass and they're going at goal because you took a mental break, it's taxing. And I do believe that 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 has helped us uh, with a couple of the goals. So we're going to change gears here quick, Dale. Next week we have San Jose Earthquakes coming to town. It's one of the most storied teams in U.S. soccer history, really. Um, Give us a little heads up on that. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think the big story there is Luchi Gonzalez coming in and taking over the team at the end of the year last year. Um, He was with FC Dallas, uh, had a good good run at FC Dallas, was their academy director actually before he became the MLS head coach, had a good run there. Uh, has had a stint with the national team as an assistant, and now he's in San Jose. He will absolutely have that team turned around from where they were over the last couple of years under uh, Almeida. And, um, yeah, they'll be, they'll be formidable. They'll be good. Uh, they got the result. They're on six points. Uh, so this will be a, a good game. And, look, nobody wants to be the team that, uh, that got beat for a fourth consecutive victory which by the way i don't believe any team in the mls have started a year at four no whether it was expansion or not exactly well we'll get back at it on saturday here in city park we'll see you then dale thanks for joining us it's gonna be fun thank you guys you got it dale shilly game analyst on y98 for st louis city sc hang tight we've got lindsey kennedy eversmeyer city's match day analyst up next you're listening to the st louis city soccer report on if your day sounds like we need the report asap you deserve Medella. if you've persevered through you deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the Markable Fighter. Trick responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. KMOX.
Welcome back to the St. Louis City Soccer Report. I'm Jennifer Cease with George Gansner, and we welcome to the show Lindsay Kennedy Eversmeyer, City's match day analyst, head coach for Southwestern Illinois College Men's Soccer. She's in the St. Louis Soccer Hall of Fame, former MISL pro player. Lindsay, there's no way I'm going to get through everything, so welcome to the show. <laughs> I'm sure I missed a I bullet. I like, man, she keeps going there on and on. lots of bullets. I'm so happy to have you here. Um, so yes. City last night, we got... We got nine points. We've won it all so far. We've won two away, one at home. Where were you last night, and how does that compare to a home game? Well, I mean, I, I was actually sitting in my bed last night watching why my husband was trying to sleep next to me, but I was too excited and making too much noise for him to do so. But, uh, I, I mean, it's huge, especially, you know, a, a team new, newly in the league, and, you know, everybody had their doubts about St. Louis City. You saw what the report came out and how – they didn't think we were going to win a game. And now we're sitting at the top of the, you know, the top of the um, the chart there, you know, with our nine points. And here we're going into to possibly making history and being the first MLS expansion team to come into the league and win their first four games and then coming back home on Saturday. So we're in a pretty good spot right now, I'd say. Yeah, we're, so we're, we're at the top of the table for not only the Western Division, but also the, the supporter shield right now. It's a um, I yep. said it before, it's it's a long season, 34 games, and it's a marathon, not a sprint. But tell sure. us what it was like on the field last week at home. Uh, it was it was exciting to see you and, and Kristen Carter uh, doing those spots and, and, and uh, really taking it away. Yeah, it was it was um, it was super exciting. And I don't know, I think for me, it was like, you know, a dream come true. And I'm sure for other people, it was the same because, you know, for so long, you know, we wanted to have a professional soccer team here in St. Louis. And when I finally got the, the chance to really start to take it all in, it was before the game started. We had gone through our, our run through and I'm sitting there just standing there. No one was really in the stadium yet. And I looked around and I started to tear up and I thought, I cannot believe this is happening. I cannot believe I'm a part of it. I'm so proud of Caroline, you know, Kendall for making this happen. And um, I mean, it's, it's, it's an amazing thing. And I, I mean, I, I just hope that it continues to be as successful as it is now. And I saw you from the booth myself. I was up there getting ready and I saw you guys down on the field and it struck me myself right in a number of ways, just like uh, Lindsay, what you said. And also it's women's history month. And so, yeah. you know, for, for obviously I, you know, I'm a woman play the game. I look up to everybody who played the game and I, especially women who have played the game in different capacities and to look at this club and to see, you know, the two ladies like yourselves down on the field. And also when you look at cities, you know, high level positions, you look all around their directors, their VPs, there are a lot of women dominating, you know, and really leading that club. And that's really great to see. Is that the feel that you get from working with them? Oh, yeah. Well, not just that, but my nerves were, <laughs> were completely shot. <laughs> I told my, my friend is a, you know, she's a doctor. And I was like, man, I might have to come to you to get some sort of anxiety medicine because I was so nervous because I'd never been in a position like that. I mean, coaching is one thing, but being in front of 22,000 fans and, you know, like talking about, you know, what I think, you know, analyzing parts of the game or the players or whatever for a men's professional soccer team. I mean, it was very nerve-wracked, but um, I, I'm, I'm very proud that they actually, you know, even had the, you know, the idea of bringing a woman on to do that for a men's game. So kudos to them and, and for everybody else that they've hired that are women as well. Well, and let's give credit where credit's due. You're the first female collegiate head men's soccer coach in St. Louis, the first female head men's soccer coach in the NCJAA. So you come with a lot of your own street cred. <laughs> well, yeah, but once again, like, I feel like I can't 
I can't take all the credit for this. And I feel, I almost feel a little guilty because everywhere I've gotten to this day has been a team effort or someone has helped me along the way. So I can't just take all the credit and said, it's been all me. It's like, you know, other people have given me opportunities and my players have, you know, been on the field making all of those amazing, um, you know, plays or whatever. So it's not just me, it's everybody involved, but yes, it's, I've been very fortunate. (laughs) So we're back home on Saturday and you get to be back out on that field again. So no, you know, I, I was like you, it was 930 start, right? For us here in St. Louis. I'm like, this is late. Yeah, <laughs> I'm tired. But, you know, back out there on the field at home. Bet you can't wait. Oh, I, I, I have been excited since I walked out of the stadium, you know, the previous Saturday. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited to see, you know, what they look like, what if the fans continue to be the same and bring that energy for them. So, yeah, I can't wait. I'm counting down the days. So, Lindsay, uh, last night I took um, our two youngest kids uh, to, a, to a pub, and I got chastised a little bit for that by some of the people. It was kind of late, but, um, you know, a lot of the pubs around St. Louis have been really uh, just packed. I know uh, for, the, for the opening day down in Austin, um, I had to go to three different places just to get in and sit down. And so, wow. you know, what's that been like from your perspective from, and from the club's perspective? Well, I mean, it's always great when you see how how much support that you're getting, not just inside the stadium, but out of it. And I think that was something that we always wondered, like, how is this going to take? You know, is is it going to be like a, a St. Louis Cardinals where you get all the fans around it? So for me, I love this, but I'm not surprised. And I think I said that last game that I'm not surprised with how many supporters of soccer that we've gotten around the area because, this is a soccer city. That's what it is. America's first soccer capital. There's so many clubs here. I, I think there's probably more clubs here than who knows whatever other cities around the country. But there are so many kids and even adults that play soccer. This was a surprise, and I'm so happy that we continue to support it at that capacity. So on Saturday, we have San Jose, and, you know, they're a club to be reckoned with for sure. However, they face us in our backyard with a crowd that has, I think, I, I don't know if we're ever going to get the, over the momentum of this season, but definitely our second second home you know game is when the momentum's going to keep up if not be better what's so what is san jose in for when they come into city park well i just posted something today i said any team that's about to um face st louis should be scared to take the lead because the moment that we take a lead, it's like pouring gas on a fire i feel like I, I, I wish that we would almost start every game one nothing down because we just are incredible. We are incredible when we're coming from behind, you know, so far, I, I got to say. So um, not that I really want that, but you know what I'm saying. So I, I think no matter what, I think people should should not look at us as, as an expansion team anymore. They should look at us as a threat. I mean, this is this team has been amazing and resilient and had all the character that every you know coach wants and players and it's just been incredible what they've been able to build so San Jose better not come in and take us lightly so so that noise that comes from the Luligans and the fan zone back there and then the the other I, I guess it's around eighteen thousand people who stood for well, the Lindsay entire waved match. the flag I said and, Lindsay was on you yeah. got to wave the flag right yeah so I, I, I got. I got the chance to talk to the referee after the game last week just by text, and, and I'm a referee, and, and we'll talk about that in the next segment, actually. But um, he said that it was massively loud and just so loud that it was just, uh, you know, goose, goosebumps. And so, um, and that was start to finish. So, you know, that noise really helps, and, and we'll keep San Jose hopefully at bay a little bit and, and create the environment we want to create and hostile. Oh, yeah. I mean, 
I feel like that players, you know, coming from a player, we feed off the crowd's energy, you know, like especially our supporters. We want to give them exactly what they want. We want to win. We, you know, we want to impress them. We want to, you know, do everything we can to just, you know, make them proud. And players feed off that energy and the energy that like the Luligans and the St. Louis American Outlaws, what they provide. And, and then everybody else, of course is second to none. I mean, I was shocked at how crazy it was um, the, the previous game. So I, I, I don't – it's not going to surprise me if they bring in all every game and the, the players are going to feed off that for sure. That's awesome. Well, thanks, Lindsay. We'll see you there on Saturday. Yep, we'll see you then. All right. Lindsay Kennedy Eversmeyer, match analyst for Y98 for, or on Y98 for St. Louis City SC. Stay with us. We're going to talk about – the laws of the game with a special guest who's actually already been in here, George Ganster, today's co-host and former MLS FIFA soccer referee. In the meantime, you're listening to the St. Louis City Soccer Report on KMOX. Now, laws of the game. <laughs> wow, that's a different kind of intro. Back on the St. Louis City Soccer Report, I'm Jennifer Cease with the next guest in studio, George Ganser, who's been alongside all the time, fellow soccer player, former Major League Soccer and FIFA, FIFA international assistant referee. We're going to talk over laws of the game. But let me first just give a little bit more street cred because, you know, not just any referee. Refereed about 20, 250 games in the MLS, more than 100 international matches, including the Man, uh, Man City versus Chelsea game in 2013. Bosnia versus Argentina game in 2014. Both played in a baseball stadium, Bush Stadium. So we definitely have a different experience. And I will also add to your street cred that you are married to a fantastic and amazing person who's sitting in studio. We might as well call the elephant in the room. How amazing is she? Oh, she's outstanding, right? <laughs> uh, I don't win if I don't say Let's anything. Let's start other laws than off that, of the so. game off on that. We got a lot of laws. So let's get into some of the laws because I know we talk a lot, right? When things are going back and forth, whether we were we happen to be in the same room or we texting back and forth and saying, what in the world is that happening? And our kids, we have four kids who like to roll their eyes at George when George will say that was correct. Or we have sidelines of parents who will many times boo you because <laughs> we don't appreciate you agreeing with the referee necessarily. But you do have a lot of insight from that perspective. So last night's game, Portland, a little chippy. Yeah, a lot of was, hard to manage, huh? It was. Um, you texted me at one point and said, wow, I actually feel for this referee because it was getting chippy. And you get the players who, who are going down. Um, some, I think mo- for the most part last night, when the players were down, you know, the, the sport gets a bad rap for, for the players diving and laying around and rolling around. And, and that's really difficult for the referees to manage. Um, but we have to manage it as referees. And so last night I think was a little bit different. I think it was pretty physical game. Um, I think that the players who did go down took some pretty good knocks uh, and, and it really slowed the game down. So uh, that's that's hard for the referee to to decipher between what's a foul, what's not a foul. It's a physical game. I know um, Dan Gargan with Lou Fuse, he's the director at Lou Fuse and um, uh, even last week after the game, Taylor Twelman told me, he said, you know, all we really want to do is go and kill each other and have you stop us once in a while. So uh, it's, <laughs> you know, fans fans also are are really focused on themselves and their own passion for their own team winning. And so they get emotionally involved when the referee's job is to to stay calm. Yeah. And one thing I wanted to bring up for sure is that we've got 
the pass backs, right? So yeah. passing back in soccer is not an unusual thing. It is unusual, however, to see the the kind of errors that happened uh, twice, right? With pass backs at a, at a pro level, go, us us capitalizing, but the fact that they went awry in the first place. So let's talk about the pass backs, number one. And number two, any confusion there might be about Law 11 offside, offside or no? Yeah, so first of all, with the pass backs, if you look back to the Austin game and we had that, uh, you know, Kip Keller, who, who's a St. Louis kid, um, who made a pass back to, to Jared Stroud, who was standing in an offside position. We'll come back to that on question two here. But um, Jared Jared actually called for the ball. You can see it in the video. You can see his hand go down and players will call for the ball like that. Um, and and actually, I had a, had a coach, one of our professional coaches, ask me, um, you know, is that is that allowed? Because they had they were having discussions as to whether or not that should have been stopped and maybe given a yellow card. Um, you can, I mean, for, you can for wait what what part? They what well, actually calling for the ball, right? So so uh, you, it's from, from it, the opposing player. From the opposing player. Okay. I mean, it could be construed as unsporting behavior. That's a yellow card, um, formerly known as. Uh, um, what did we used to call unsporting behavior? Unsportsmanlike uh, un, un, behavior. Ungentlemanly un conduct or something, yeah. and we, we changed it. But um, in any case, uh, it, it could be called. It, it's really rare, especially at the pro level, to be called. But but in any case, um, he didn't call it, and, and Jared turned around and finished the ball. And the point was capitalizing on that. Um, but yeah. you don't really usually see too often those mental mistakes at, at this level. You just no, don't. No, you don't. Um, it, it's, it, there's a lot of distractions out there, and... Right. and uh, you know, those two played together last year with Austin and, and Kip Keller may have looked up and seen Jared and, and played him the ball without seeing what uniform he had on. Right, right. That's uh, a good point, too. Right. Yeah. And, and it just is what it is there. So. So passbacks, no, law 11, no offside, right? So we've got a player in an offside position, but we are not offside in that moment. That's right. So so being in an offside position doesn't automatically make you offside. So you have to be involved in the play. And you have to also, are you involved in the play? You also have to interfere with a defender and interfere with play. So you can be in an offside position and not have an issue. The ball also has to be played by your own team, right? So um, the defender for the other teams, both last week and, and two weeks ago in Austin, the defender played the ball. So that's the opposing team playing the ball. And you're, you're just because you're in an offside position doesn't make you offside in that situation. So is there a difference with playing the ball, which clearly the player was not, in, you know, real, real, not wanting that to be an opponent, but clearly playing the ball back versus a deflection? Yeah, it does make a difference, actually. Um, if a forward plays a ball through to someone in an offside position and it deflects off of them, uh, then that person is still offside. But if... Uh, FIFA changed or, or the international board changed the interpretation a few years ago that if a defender makes a, a soccer play on a ball, so tries to clear it and it deflects off of them and goes through or tries to jump and head the ball and it skips off the top of their head, that changes. That's for a referee. That's called a new, it's a new photo, right? It's a, so we look at offside from assistant referee perspective as each is a snapshot. Every, every time something changes, a defender moves, a ball gets touched, it's a new snapshot. And you're going along at a really, really quick rate with those changes. And so um, when, when a soccer play is made and a ball is deflected, uh, you're still in an offside position, you're offside. If a defender uh, or if a soccer, sorry, if a soccer play is made and you deflect the ball, you are no longer offside. A, a, just a pure deflection, it's no problem. You're still offside. So see, nobody feel bad because it's hard, right? There's a lot. There's a lot with that. It's, it's, it, offside is not always clear. 
No. Even when it's clear, it's not always clear. Yeah, and you're doing it at a really, really high pace. Sometimes you're moving. Um, Corey Rockwell was one of the assistant referees last night, and I made a mental note that um, I think it was Nerwinski ran by him, or it might have been Alm, um, ran by Corey. And I know for a fact, because I've run fitness tests with Corey, that he runs a 4840. Uh, and, and, he got run by last night. So you're trying to make decisions at a really high pace while keeping, uh, up. While keeping up with the players. And, and it's not easy to do. Okay. We got like one minute, right? Before we got to go break for news. So real quick handball. So we've already addressed the last night's game, Chippy, not much else to discuss, but in our home game, handball, tell me about it. Yeah. So there were two different handballs in the home game. Uh, the first and probably most uh, memorable was the, for the penalty uh, in, in stoppage time of the first half. And, um, we, uh, you know, that ball was played from a distance and what happens is the defenders in the penalty area, but he, he makes himself big, right? And there was an argument I was hearing people around me saying, well, he, you know, his hand was in a natural position. How is that a handball? Um, he's, you're, you're making yourself big as a defender. And I, I said this last week on the post game show that, um, everything happens for a reason in this, in this, uh, league. So, and, and at the professional level, um, the other handball was the, the yellow card with Stroud. I think it was Stroud in the midfield. Um, and that was a yellow card because it was pro- stopping a promising attack. And that's a very clear, um, situation for a referee to give a yellow card. All right. Sounds good. We did some laws of the game with George Gansner. We're going to take a break for news at the top of the hour, but hang around for hour two because we have a lot more soccer talk coming your way till 5 p.m. You're listening to the St. Louis City Soccer Report on KMOX. I'm going to be sure. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 